2: G'day guys, it is I, Lyle Bank back with another instalment of the Pelican Scoop. We're back again. We're coming in hard and fast. Like we did last week, we are going to keep these podcasts rolling. I think half an hour marked pretty good. We'll see how we go today. Last week, or yesterday I suppose, last episode, we, uh... You were stuck with just me. Today, we've got a guest. I, I foreshadowed it in the, uh, in the last episode but uh today we've got very very special guest all the way from new orleans 103.7 the game it is lewis prasian lewis how are you going mate thanks for joining us oh it's going great lyle thank you so much for having me on oh the pleasure is all mine thank you for spending your afternoon with us uh we we're chatting a little bit off air and uh i think we're gonna have a bit of fun today chatting everything pals. Um, We've had some pills basketball game one of uh, the preseason. We're playing Miami or we played Miami and it sounds like we're going to be winning a world championship. I, th- I think we're right on there. What do you think?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't want to overreact or anything. But, um, Pelican, Pelicans are like, look, the logic is pretty clear. The logic is pretty solid. You defeat the NBA finals team, the team that was just in the NBA finals. You're going to the NBA Finals. And we talk about this offseason being so short. uh, Well, that means there's not a lot of separation from whatever just happened in the regular season and postseason to what's happening now. So, look, if we're not far behind and if we're already beating an NBA Finals team, then we're making the NBA Finals. I also do have a take about the Milwaukee game when we get to it. So you can't let me forget uh,
2: about that when we get to Milwaukee. No, we'll get we'll get to that one, and uh, we'll be looking forward to that take. But I mean, that's simple maths. You know, if you if you beat the team that's in the finals, then you are better than them. So, therefore, you should be in there as well. That's just it's just like mild extrapolation. But um, you know, preseason game one, we got to see thirty three minutes of Zion, which I don't know. I think we've seen that twice ever. Which. Uh, previously so to see him look healthy look fit look aggressive i mean exciting times uh hopefully we see a bit more of this he looks so happy
0: <laughs> he just looks happy like all the social media videos that they released i know he was joking about his 2k rating uh 81 sounded about right but whatever's on if you want to get a, a little boost it's fine uh i think that most importantly for him uh you know he he looks in shape, he wasn't huffing and puffing down the court. It was nice to have Mark Jackson not to call him out within the first five minutes saying he's fat, so that was another positive from the game. Not having Mark Jackson yell at Zion but uh I think most importantly, he's just in high spirits like he he looks like he's in a better place mentally than he was. Last year, and you, and you could just tell whenever he's talking about how he has no restrictions, it's the biggest smile on his face. Uh, whenever he's talking about, it. he's just laughing. It seems like he's in a re- really good mood. So I think most importantly, it's about his mental space. And out on the court, it, he he's in shape. I mean. Who are we to say, like, Zion's out of shape? Because, I mean, we're, we're completely out of shape if Zion's out of shape. So, uh, look, of course, like, NBA shape, he was a little out of NBA shape last season. But, um, you know, he looks to be in shape, and it really proved in that 33 minutes because he didn't even look tired. There are times last season you can tell he looked tired, especially on the defensive end, and he wasn't chasing after defensive rebounds. But this game, one preseason game, 33 minutes, he was out there in the final two minutes of the game acting like they were down by five with like a minute left and they were up 20. So, uh, you know, it was great to see that.
2: But most importantly, it's great to see him just smiling and happy. Yeah, the, uh, the positivity around the, the team, it seems to resonate across all of the players and, and the staff. You know, seeing these interviews with the guys, the media availability that they give, all of them are smiling and joking around and, and seem to really want to be there and seem to be really enjoying their basketball. And I don't know if times last year, that was always the case. You know, you saw a bit of going through the motions, I suppose, a bit at times. Um, And I suppose hindsight's 2020, isn't it? You know, you look back at it now, you're like, Oh, it was happy then. But you see these guys now, you see BI smiling from ear to ear in every photo that gets posted by the by the training uh, or well by the yeah at training by uh, the Pelicans uh, media team. And it's just great to see. And, and I mean, Zion, what he absolutely went off, uh, what, 26 and 11, 10 of uh, 11 free throw shooting. And you could see the smile on the, on the face of the, <laughs> the coaches and it was Fred Vincent that was working on his uh, shooting uh, with him. And he got a little, little tap on the leg at one point saying, yes, you've, you fixed it when touch wood, it continues. Um, that's something that you really need to work on in his game. Were you happy to see that development, that the consistency with the free throws? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even, I
0: didn't even realize it because that's, that's, I think that's how smooth the jumper looked from the free throw line that I'd even notice it uh, to some people. It was it was pointed out to me on Twitter that it was like, has anyone noticed how Zion's free throw looks a lot smoother And once I read that, it was like every trip down the line, it it was very noticeable to me. His free throw jumper was a lot better. Shout out to Fred Vinson. It's important that they maintained him in the offseason. I I, I meant to, you know, every now and then I'll just think about ever since Monday, like what I mean, we're recording this two days from the preseason game. I've been thinking about how amazing Fred Vinson is. And I was thinking about how great it was that they retained him. It's one of those small moves that in a team with new players coming in for, with another trade happening during an offseason, that it's important to keep some continuity, especially with your pieces like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. Fred Vincent was working with them heavily last year. We know that, but it seems the it comes out that Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson were working with Fred Vincent before practice and before practices on their free throw shooting. And that's important. That's what, you know, it's not a big move maintaining fred vinson you're not like this is the uh, a playoff move but this one small move that maintains continuity and just maintains i mean guys comfortable around the team look you mentioned that brandon ingram uh is, is happy smiling in every photo one getting a max contract will do that i assume uh but two is being more comfortable with the team. This is another season he's getting more comfortable. We saw him, like, huddling around the players before tip-off and talking to them. It's just guys being more comfortable. So what's great to see is already some development because I think that's a real development that can be here to stay just solely because it's a form. It's shooting form. That is good to see. And when you have Fred Vincent, who's been working with this guy, with these guys and another year with Fred Vincent, that's why I think that's a positive development and one that's here to stay. I know we can react or like overreact to preseason. I do that. Uh, I certainly do that, but I will not overreact to, uh, improvement on, from the free throw line, because if you're going to live there, then, and then you're going to need Fred Vincent by your side. You're going to need to work with Fred Vincent and, the. Uh, the uh, developments there like it's showing already that was that was good to see from Zion
2: yeah and he's going to live at the line I mean we saw his uh there was a picture of his shot chart that got circulated around I don't know where it was I think I saw it on Twitter and all of them come from directly under the basket or thereabouts just in the paint and if he's going to live there he's going to be straight back up to that foul line just about every second time the kid you, you wouldn't even realize that he was like, I mean, if you, if you were new to the game and you saw the, him in the paint dunking all over people and grabbing these rebounds, you wouldn't think he was 20 years old. This guy's, he's got man strength. Like he's, you know, when you go from boy strength to like man strength, like your dad would have dad strength. He's like that, he's so strong. And there was a, a, a really exciting bit where uh, Stephen Adams sort of, I don't know if he was trying to throw a lob or something like that, but dumped it off down to him down low and he jumped over two guys and put it in. And I just don't know whether or not he would have done that as consistently last year. I mean, he was great for a highlight reel, but you can see that uh, I suppose fitness coming through that the repeat efforts like him hustling for that, uh, that errant pass, I guess, to, to put it in. I think the fitness is there. And I think that also probably bodes well with him going forward that if your preseason's good, Hopefully, he can maintain this throughout the season and uh, and keep that fitness. Uh, speaking of Brandon Ingram, he got his max contract. Obviously, makes him uh, pretty, pretty happy with that. He had a great game as well. Were you happy with what you saw from him? Yeah.
0: One thing about Brandon Ingram is like everything, where the main takeaway is that Brandon Ingram was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, not only on the defensive end, that's where people are looking. He gave a lot of effort on Brandon Ingram. I know Will Gillery from The Athletic posted a video of this exhausting defensive possession for Brandon Ingram, which I totally understand why players, especially when they're the leading scorer on the team, do not want to play defense because it looks exhausting what he was able to do on this defensive possession where he fights over the screen and then he has to fight over and then guard the guy with the ball, chase him down, and then he got a block on him. He was, he was right on his hip, and then he blocks him as he goes for the layup. It looked exhausting, but that was good to see from the energy on defense because players will tell you uh, that – and I mean, people that just talk about basketball in general will tell you defense is a lot about effort, and it's, it's true. Even when the players say it, it's just a lot of it's about effort. So that's that was good to see effort on the defensive end for Brandon Ingram. Stan Van Gundy helps there. Having guys that uh, emphasize defense, like Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe, help you as well. Felt like maybe last year, especially when Alvin Gentry was at the helm, defense was not a priority. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> uh, when you have when you have the coaches and you have other players that are defensive minded, that's going to help you. Uh, and then on the offensive end. I always believe the the NBA is heading towards wing the wing position. Uh, we see with Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam in Toronto, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, LeBron can play the wing, Kevin Durant wing player, and you need that three level scorer at the wing, and you need versatility at that wing position. Brandon Ingram's that guy. Like he's that guy. The only things that's keeping him from all NBA is defense because what we're seeing now is that he's scoring at all three levels. So his three point shot is real pull up three in the preseason game. He hit that just, Oh, I can point out many times where he hit a pull up three uh, and that's like another credit to Fred Vincent last season, but he's scoring from the three point line. We know his mid range ability coming off a screen. He's able to hit a pull up mid range shot uh, and he seemed to operate more on the baseline more noticeably in the preseason so that's where he was operating there he had that baseline posterizing dunk so he's getting to the rim he's hitting that mid-range he's a three-level scorer which is important and then he had six assists on the night getting people involved as well uh I, I can't wait to see where Brandon Ingram's game is going I the only thing for him the offensive side is not going to be a problem just getting consistent effort on the defensive end for Brandon Ingram is what I'm looking forward to
2: yeah, we saw a bit of that. There was a little highlight they called it a goaltend. I still think that it was a block, and I think the replay may or may not have confirmed that it was a block. But um, just those those efforts on that end, it's it's something that I talked about in my last podcast. Is it you can't teach effort, and like you said, you know, effort is something that you can encourage, but you can't teach it, and. If you have guys around you that are all buying in, guys like Eric Bledsoe, guys like Stephen Adams, Josh Hart, that bring this effort on that end, I think it's contagious. And when you've got Stan Van Gundy screaming at you to to get onto it as well, it probably helps. But a couple of guys we added, and we're going to get to our uh, sad news, I suppose, of the the off-season. A couple of guys we brought in in that fateful trade was uh, Eric Bledsoe and also Stephen Adams. That defensive mindset, there was a lot of conjecture that uh, Bledsoe would get moved on again, but it appears that he's going to be hanging around uh, with us, which I'm not mad about. I think he's a good player. I think both of them are. Um, what do you think both of those guys bring to the team? I think I'm going to
0: have to delete a tweet that I sent out whenever that trade happened where I said, I'm totally fine keeping George Hill and trading away Eric Bledsoe, no, I hope sweet. that it's just uh, an old, old take-exposed kind of deal because, I mm-hmm. hey, look, at the time when the trade happened, George Hill is an extremely good fit with the Pelicans. I'll still maintain that thought that George Hill still would have been a great uh, veteran point guard that you only need when you can spot up and shoot, but if you need him in some uh, ball-handling duties that he can do that for your team. And he was one of the best spot up shooters last year in the NBA, George Hill. So I'll maintain that I thought George Hill would have been great, but he is a little older than Eric Bledsoe, less athletic than Eric Bledsoe. He's not going to give you the same edge on defense that Eric Bledsoe is going to give you. And the more you think about it, the more you heard about Eric Bledsoe, he was like, all right, that's a Stan Van Gundy guy. Like, all right. I mean, it makes sense why Eric Bledsoe is staying with the Pelicans, why they don't trade him, and why they want him to be in the backcourt with Lonzo Ball. It makes more sense as you think about it. Uh, I, I can't wait to, because, you know, you know, people will harp on Eric Bledsoe being like, he's, he's not good in the postseason. It's like, I don't care. I'm trying to make the postseason if I'm in the Pelicans. Like I don't, I don't care about getting past the second round right now. I'm, I care that we get a winning season in and that we are at least in the playoffs. So Eric Bledsoe at the time, I was okay with trading him. That wasn't a knock on him per se. Uh, but I think Eric Bledsoe is going to do some good things, especially on defense. I believe he was on the all-defensive second team last year. So – Uh, he's going to provide that. And then offensively, I mean, he's going to operate in the pick and roll more than Lonzo can. So he's going to be more aggressive in the pick and roll. With Lonzo, maybe maybe we'll get to Lonzo because people love, like Lonzo Ball is the most polarizing player on Pell's Twitter. So maybe we'll get to Lonzo Ball. But what Eric Bledsoe is going to give you in that pick and roll, he's going to be more aggressive attacking the rim, something that Lonzo tried to do a couple of times in the preseason game against Miami, but something he didn't do last season. He wasn't aggressive as you want him to be. Eric Bledsoe can be aggressive in the pick and roll. And then when you're trying to see Lonzo spot up situation, he's going to pass it out to Lonzo. If Brandon Ingram's there, he's going to find Brandon Ingram. But you need that aggressiveness. If there's anything that we saw in the preseason game, they want to dominate the paint and get to the line. Eric Bledsoe is going to be a guy, if you're that aggressive, he's getting to the line. Uh, So that's where he fits offensively. I think Steven Adams, there are some questions about the spacing on offense. Well, Stephen Adams creates spacing with his screens. So there, there's, there's a couple of times where you'll go back and watch the Miami game. Zion's driving to the rim. But how is that lane created? It's Stephen Adams just putting a body on another guy and giving him that driving lane. I know Stephen Adams just said in the presser today, he was like, well, I just got to get, get out of his way. Uh, speaking of Zion, well, I mean, he's creating that space. He's creating that lane for Zion to drive. So spacing-wise, I mean, you go back to his past highlights, there's a lot of off-ball screens that Stephen Adams will set where uh, players are going to have to help out Onto uh, where Steven Adams was. So they'll hop out on the ball handler, which leaves their man, and then you have an open three-point shot. We're going to see that a couple times this season where Steven Adams sets an off-ball screen, and someone has to rotate, and you're going to get somebody wide open on, on a three. You just have to knock it down. Um, and that's one of the concerns that I have about the Pelicans was the spot-up shooting. So that was one of the concerns that I have. But Steven Adams creates space with off-ball screens. Uh, we saw that with Zion, and he creates – space because you mentioned that play where Stephen Adams is at the top of the free throw line and he just throws it down to Zion well I don't want to make this like one off comparison of like DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis but there's something to be said about a big man that can create at the top of the free throw line and then create for your other big man that's in the paint around the rim and I feel like that can be vice versa I can run Zion at the top of the free throw line creating for Steven Adams carving out good position down the rim and Steven Adams will get a bucket but if you're Steven Adams he's a good enough passer where he can drop it down to Zion and he can go make a play around the rim as well so that's where he helps and defensively he's a great communicator a great personality to have he's very vocal so that's
2: where he's going to help out on the defensive end you you summarise that so perfectly. I was sitting there it's nodding away. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. I mean, this this spacing, like it was like everyone was crying out, Yep, yeah, we've got to go and get someone like Brook Lopez or someone that can shoot threes. And I think Stephen Adams, spacing is more than just being able to hit a three and stand in the corner. It, it is being able to create space, whether that is 25 feet out from the ring or it's 15, as long as there's space for two guys to operate down there. Well, Crafty passing and knowing when to move away and box out or or even seal off because it creates that uh, that driving lane like you said for um, for Zion and, and even the guards you know Eric Bledsoe loves it loves the drive he'll he'll muck around out in the paint flat out so if you've got that space for him to run down where he you knows he's not going to get killed by another center you know that that's happy days that's it's exactly what you want and when you've got a big body down there like that. I mean, look at the rebounding numbers. We, what, 16 more or something like that. And I don't know the last time or how often we did that last year. I mean, I was watching some of the early Pelicans games from last year and I was pulling my hair out watching these guys all standing around seeing this, like, defensive rebound just bounce to the ground. And you're sitting there going, someone's got to grab that. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's when the defensive end, uh, play ends. But... I think Steven Adams is that sort of guy. Well, I mean, what, he played 19 minutes at eight rebounds.
0: And I don't want to, like, be totally positive about it because it sounds like everything was positive from the preseason game. It was a 22-point win. Look, I do have some concerns about it, and especially in the first half with Steven Adams, it really did look clunky at times. Like, it really looked clunky. It wasn't exactly working, but – you adjusted in the second half. You adjust after the first quarter, something that they did. Like they were turning the ball over early on. They were like, you know, it just looked clunky in the first half, which is what you expect in a preseason game. But it was more promising in the second half. And look, it's what's another frustrating thing is like we view spacing only for Zion. Like, what's we need space for Zion? We need space for Zion. Well, there's three other players on the court if you're not counting Stephen Adams and Zion Williamson. so there's three other players on the court that you have to create space for mm. what about a JJ Redick coming off of Stephen Adams off ball screen what about like whoever's in the corner if, you, if that's Alonzo Ball whoever's on the wing that's going to benefit from Zion everyone crashing down into the paint on Zion and it's up to Zion to make that play but all that space is created because of those two, but we have to think about the other players that are going to have space as well. You know, again, everything wasn't positive in the Steven Adams debut because it did look clunky, but once they figured it out, they're going to figure it out. And this is look, I wanted a spacing center. Like I was calling for Aaron Baines, (laughs) which I still wouldn't hate, you know, to have Aaron Baines. You get that toughness. Uh, (laughs) But like the, like the thing is, uh, the, and, you know, people complain about that contract extension that they gave Stephen mm-hmm. Adams. But David Griffin kind of explained why they gave it to him. You also set the market before other people can set the market okay. for uh, big men, which is important. And if you feel that confident about Steven Adams, just lock him up. You know, if you feel confident about your core and he can be part of the core, lock him up. Uh, so, you know, everything wasn't positive from Stephen Adams early on, mm-hmm. but it, it got there and is going to continue getting there. That's what's positive about the – Debut of
2: Stephen Adams on this team. Yeah, and added a yeah. Well, it was another off-season of turmoil. I guess they are uh, shipped out the much-loved uh, Drew Holiday. I saw a picture. Um, I don't know someone had, had tweeted it about that Drew Holiday had been through it all, and he was there. And there was three different sort of errors, him with uh, uh, the pre-ad and then the ad, um, him being drafted, and then the Demarcus Cousins, and then. And this one, uh, just before it was shipped out with Zion. Um, he's going to be missed. He's Well, I suppose it would be in his return on Friday. Um, what do you think we'd lose by him being shipped out? Well, you lose one of your best defenders,
0: no question. You lose one of the better uh, two-way guards in the league. You know, th- the thing about Drew Holiday is that his individual defense didn't always translate to great uh, team defense, That that's one of the things about Drew Holiday that people point out. I, I will say in Drew Holiday's defense that he was under a system that didn't allow for defense to be – great team defense to be played. Like, you have eighty and Drew Holiday, and you're not a great team defense. That's not on them. Like, that's not on Drew Holiday. He's doing whatever he can. He's switching one through five. Like, he's guarding everybody on the court. He's guarding the guy's best player. So, you're losing – the one of the better individual and just one of the better defenders in the league, Um, you know, offensive wise, he was a little inconsistent. Admittedly, something that was frustrating. I remember the Indiana Pacers game last year where he takes over. They have a couple injuries. He has like 31 or 33 points and he leads them to a road victory over Indiana. So when drew holidays on, of course, we can go back to the Portland series in the playoffs when drew holidays on, he, he's great and, but it's more about offensive consistency the thing is when you take out drew holiday and replace him with eric bledsoe i've got to see consistent offense from eric bledsoe you know you got to see the same things that you would want from drew holiday in eric bledsoe it's obviously going to be different drew holiday is probably better in that mid-range area and on some post-up situations because he's bigger than other guards and eric bledsoe's not bigger than other guards uh so it's going to be different uh, I think Eric Bledsoe is going to be more aggressive driving to the rim than Drew Holiday, but he's not hes not going to overpower anybody in the post with his size. Um, you know, he's stronger. Of course, Eric Bledsoe is stronger than some guards, but not taller. So I, I think there's different dynamics there. But overall, without Drew Holiday, you're missing one of your better individual defenders, which – uh, which which was a case that I gave for keeping Drew Holiday. If you wanted to fit the Kyle Lowry mold, which again, shout out to Will Gillard at That Athletic for writing that article. Like if you want to give him the Kyle Lowry extension and give him that role, that's a case to keeping him on. Um, so there, there's going to be some differences in guard play for the Pelicans, but you're, you're missing out on one of your better individual defenders.
2: Well, Milwaukee got a good one. Um, you know, they sort of, whether or not... Uh, yeah it helps them uh, with Giannis signing that uh, 228 million dollar uh, extension well, not not well, bad change people
0: are, freak, people are freaking out about the pell- uh, sorry about the bucks preseason you know they they're saying they're cooked you know they just got um, blown out, so I guess we can't really overreact to preseason because they have Giannis and Drew Allin and Chris Middleton. The Bucks will be fine, so maybe we can't overreact to preseason. Uh, but,
2: but shout out to Giannis for signing that Supermax like you were just mentioning. It's not, not bad money, that. Um, you know, I'd say he'd be smiling as well when he saw that got put down in front of him. Um, testament to the small market sort of vibe. You know, he's staying out in Milwaukee. Five years there's already. People saying, "Oh, you know, we can still leave. We can still be traded, and that's fair enough." But I think Milwaukee at the moment is just uh, rubbing their hands together. They've got dual MVP, Defensive Player of the Year um, locked in there. They've had a Drew Holiday. Surely that improves on last season for them. You know, it was probably a bit lackluster in the end, not making the the finals. I think they're probably. Right on the cusp again. I think as long as you've got Giannis, that's probably a side that um, you can't count out. Um, Drew Holiday is going to bring that length. Like you said, he can play one through, well, he can guard one through five in a pinch. Um, doesn't always have to, doesn't always want to, but uh, but can. I think he could, be, he could be a piece that pushes them over the edge and, and gets them up into the finals. So what do you think? Do you think he could be the difference? I thought Milwaukee made a mistake. Uh, keeping Eric
0: Bledsoe and letting Malcolm Brogdon go mm. because Malcolm Brogdon is more of a stabilizing force in the postseason. Uh, so with Drew Hall, with adding Drew Holiday, you kind of get what I would want to see from Malcolm Brogdon on that Milwaukee Bucks team, just a more stabilizing guard that uh, you know he's not going to just disappear in the postseason. Again, look. We're going to say that about Eric Bledsoe. If you're the Pel- if you're a Pelicans fan, you're just happy you made the postseason and then worry about if Eric Bledsoe disappears or not. With Milwaukee, though, Drew Holiday's what we saw from him in the postseason that he's going to show up. He's not going to disappear. So for Milwaukee, it makes sense that they don't put a lot of stock in the regular season because they know they're going to win games, especially with Mike Booneholsa there. He knows how to win regular season games. It's about the postseason, and if you add a Drew Holiday. On a team with Giannis, we saw what Drew Holiday was able to do in that Portland series again. So he's not going to disappear. And he's a more stabilizing guard for the Bucks. That That's why it was important for them to add. Um, and then, you know, off the court or just in practice, Giannis is being guarded by one of the best individual defenders in the NBA. There was that clip of Drew Holiday and Giannis going at it. And I'm glad people pointed it out because that's one of my that was one of my first thoughts was Giannis gets better every time he practices with Drew Holiday. He's getting guarded by him. And if you're Drew Holiday, you're also getting better because you're being guarded by the defensive player of the year. So like, it's a it's a nice trade-off. There's a lot of positive with Drew Holiday. And another thing that it shows Giannis is we're willing to trade. Like we're willing to put the pieces around to make sure that you're happy. Credit to Milwaukee for the Supermax, and we said that it's a small victory or, or like a, a victory for small markets, not a small victory, but it's a victory for small markets. It's a credit to Milwaukee, and it was for doing everything right by Giannis, doing whatever they can, putting the right pieces around him whenever they needed to. I, I did think it was a mistake letting Brogdon go, but along the way they didn't have a lot of mishaps. And they put a great coach by him. So they did everything. And they developed him. It was almost like Giannis being like, you brought me into a good organization and you developed me. So, like, of course, it, a lot of it's on Giannis and his personal development. So it's, it's a credit to Giannis, but it's also a credit to the organization for allowing him that time and that development. So Milwaukee did a lot of good things by Giannis. And I think they did another good thing by acquiring Drew Holiday. There's a lot of benefit there from adding – one of the best individual defenders, and then someone that can definitely show up as a stabilizing force at that guard position in the postseason.
2: Yeah, I think they got a good one. Um, you know, he would have, I, I feel for him, I feel for Pelicans fans because obviously he was much loved, but then I also am so stoked for him going to a team that's probably more on his timeline in terms of his career to try to win that championship. We're going to get a look at him, I'm not sure whether or not the lineups have been announced yet. We're probably still a little bit far out from it. Um, but we're going to have a look at the Bucks on Friday your time, Saturday for me. What a what do what do you want to see from the the Pels against this team? Well, just read that JJ Redick and Eric Bledsoe will be available
0: no. for that game against Milwaukee. This is what I want to see. This is I want to see the full roster play and. I, of course, I want to see Winnie and Gabriel out there as well. I'm looking for an update on Winnie and Gabriel. haven't exactly seen one yet, so we'll see if he's going to be available. I know he's dealing with some minor injury there. Um, but more important, I mean, J.J. Redick and Eric Bledsoe, that's one of your best second unit players in J.J. Redick and your best shooter. And then that's a, your... And Eric Bledsoe, that's your starting guard. Those are two key pieces for Pelican success. We saw some great things from the core pieces of the Pelicans. Now let's see them with the full assortment of the rotation. Like Stan Van Gundy might keep a tight rotation. He kept a tight rotation in a preseason game. I wonder what he's going to do in the regular season, like that tight rotation. And if it's, if it's part of a tight rotation, then you've got J.J. Redick and Airblood. So coming back into the mix, you only have one more preseason game. You want to see him against other competition – that's what I want to see. I don't know how they're going to play. I can't even predict how they're going to play because they could come out and lose by 30. Of course, I'll be having a meltdown, but it's, I'll be like, you guys, it's a preseason game. But as long as we get to see J.J. Redick and Eric Bledsoe, the full group of guys back into the mix, into the rotation, that's just what I want to see before they take on uh, the Toronto Raptors in that regular season opener. Just, I just want to see the full assortment of the main rotation.
2: It'll be good to see, and, and I suppose get the reps in. This is the, I think it's a final preseason game before we, we get into the actual uh, things that count, the games that count. Looking forward to seeing them take another step and, and bringing, well, bringing all of those pieces together, I guess, and, and seeing how they work as a whole. Like you said, um, we didn't see Eric Bledsoe, didn't see JJ in the first game. Still waiting for Wenyan Gabriel, um, but once all these pieces come in together and we see Stan Van Gundy put his mind to work to get all these things to fit together, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to, there's going to be teething problems. We, I think everyone knows there's going to be teething problems at some point. You're bringing in all these different players and trying to make them all play together straight away. It's yeah. a new system. you know. It's going to be like that. But overall, I think it's a net positive. I think we're, we're, gonna, we're trending in the right direction. Look,
0: um, we, we know we know what the preseason Pelicans are like. They're the best team in NBA history. Yeah. Then they go out in the regular season they start 2-11. and 11. And if, mm. if you look at the Pelicans' schedule to start off, it's really tough. Yeah. So don't be surprised if the Pelicans just start off like 2-7 and seven to start the season. That's kind of where my expectations are at. And for the season as a whole, I kind of expect the Pelicans to be around 500, maybe competing for that play-in spot in the NBA playoffs, but not firmly in the postseason. That's kind of where my expectations are for the Pelicans. That's that's to your point about the preseason game with J.J. Redick and Eric Bledsoe. We'll be able to see all the guys, but someone could have a bad game. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't fit right away, and it takes multiple games to really see what they look like together. It's just going to take time. That was one of the things that was hard to grasp last season after the AD trade and getting a bunch of young talent on the team, that it was like, Man, they're off to a terrible start. They've got like a 13 game losing streak going on. And all you hear in, in the locker room was, it takes time, it takes time, it takes time. And then in the second half of the season, before the NBA season was suspended, they were really getting it together. They were slightly above 500 wins ion. And it was really true that it only takes time. So I think some more patience is going to be required, even though that. Uh, even though this team can be successful and immediately with the additions that they made, it's still going to take some
2: patience. Yeah, it's uh, it it is. I think patience is, is something we're going to preach. Almost forgot you had a, a hot take on the Milwaukee box, bar- uh, Milwaukee parks, pardon me. Um, do you want to do Would you like to share that with the, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. With okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought it up again. I was about to mention it. <laughs> The Pelicans just beat the Miami Heat in the first preseason game. If they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in this preseason game, the Pelicans would be the one seed in the Eastern Conference. If they put them in the Eastern Conference. So NBA, offices, front offices, Adam Silver, are you listening? Can we please put the New Orleans Pelicans in the Eastern Conference? Because they would definitely be the one seed if they beat the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday. That's my take. We need need
2: a petition. I'm with you. I'm with you. We need to, let's, let's get it done. We're going
0: to march. If New Orleans closer <laughs> to the East of the States, then, oh, just forget it. I mean, the, the whole alignment of the NBA is a little confusing. I guess you got to put teams in, in some conferences. It, w- it would be nice if New Orleans <laughs> was in in the East, but, but it's it's fine. It's fine. But my, <laughs> my take is that if they beat the Milwaukee Bucks, then they would be the one seed in the Eastern Conference.
2: Yeah. Well, again, that's just simple maths that we were, that we were talking about earlier on, you know, it, you beat the good teams. You're better than them. That's just it's just science, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some sort of uh, study that's why been done to say that. Why
0: can't people grasp it? Why? <laughs> this see, NBA analysis has gotten so poor that we cannot grasp this logic here. Ah, geez. You
2: know, we're all over it, you know. Some people playing chess and and we're playing checkers. You know, we're all over it. <laughs> but. <laughs> before we wrap up uh, i know you you mentioned him briefly before lonzo um, and he is he is polarizing i think that's the exact the exact word that he that he is especially on <laughs> pelicans twitter i don't like going into him much because he he does he divides people but um you know i think he he hopefully his shot starts falling two of nine from 3 in the game um could it just be rust you know the bubble he was pretty bad but um he's going into a contract year looking for that contract extension surely he this shot's going to start falling what, what do you think what's your take on Lonzo
0: let's ruffle some feathers Lyle okay here we go Lonzo <laughs> Paul is not a no no I wanted to go there I mean, people are going to say like Lonzo balls is not a point guard <laughs> like he like he is a, he is a point guard don't get me wrong I, I was listening to locked on pelicans and yeah. you've had Jake Madison on the show before. Mm. So um, I, was, uh, I was listening to Lock on, Locked on Pelicans from, I think his, his reaction to the first preseason game. Yeah. And he said something that's probably going to stick with me was Lonzo Ball is a connector, not a creator, uh, which is one of the better descriptions of Lonzo that I've heard. And that, that, see, that doesn't put him in a position. That doesn't say like Lonzo is going to be a spot-up wing shooter. Uh, or Lonzo is a traditional point guard, you know, because people do want to almost stick him at, at a certain position and be like, all right, Lonzo, that's who you are. That's who you are. You, mm. you stay there. Well, and then that's why it gets so like tangled where people are debating where Lonzo fits on the court, but he's a connector, not a creator. So in transition, he'll be able to have a great outlet pass that we saw in the preseason game to Zion. Uh, and you'll see that throughout, even in the half court connector, not a creator. So that's one of the best descriptions that I've heard of Lonzo. My take on Lonzo, I'm not down on Lonzo. Like, I'm not saying trade him away immediately, or but I'm also not like, all right, we let's pay him $18 million a year because he's not worth $18 million a year. One one of the things about Lonzo where all last season it was just uh stretches of the season where uh it's like, man, Lonzo looks bad, but then you get that stretch right before the NBA season. This is the worst thing to happen to the Pelicans. The the stretch of Lonzo before I don't know if it's like the NBA season that got suspended was the worst thing to happen, or Lonzo, the stretch of Lonzo, because it just cut off like a cliffhanger that will never figure out what Lonzo ball is as a player. Because if that season continues, then we'll have a better sample of where Lonzo is as a player because now you have to factor in so much stuff. If Lonzo, if the season's not suspended, Lonzo keeps playing at the clip that he's playing at. And it was like a great clip that he was Mm -hmm. playing at. It was like 23, seven and seven great three point shooting. It it was all positive. It was all great for Lonzo. Then the season gets shut down. And then now we have to factor in uh, a pandemic. Then we have to factor in that hiatus where he looks bad in the bubble. And how much stock do you put into is Lonzo affected by uh, having all this time off. And that's why he's looking bad. Uh, So there's so much it – was, it was like a bad cliffhanger. It, it sucked that it happened. Uh, it, that that sucks. But where Lonzo is, we're going to need to see some – I. it has to be a nice in-between of where he was at the beginning of last season and then where it was before the season was suspended. Because no one's expecting him to be exactly how he was before the season was suspended. That was great play from Lonzo. But – I don't think anyone's going to be like, all right, he's a eight point per game score, five rebounds and five assists. He's better than that. There's, there's gotta be a nice in between from Lonzo that you have to see. Otherwise you, you can't justify paying him that much money. He is the most polarizing thing about Pelicans Twitter. He's the most polarizing thing. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy how we view Lonzo ball. It's tough to pinpoint him, but that's because it's just, it's been so sporadic with Lonzo. Um, one of the things I pointed out about the first preseason game is that he took the most shot attempts and on a team where I think everyone recognizes that this is Zion and Ingram's team. You can't be the guy that gets the most shot attempts. That's, that's what you did at the beginning of last season. You were getting up seven to nine, three pointers a game. And that was fine because everyone was figuring out their roles But this is another year, and you're still taking the most shot attempts. And if you're going to take nine threes, got to be better. All we saw in the offseason was you shooting in an open gym with the Clutch logo on the bottom right-hand corner. That's what we saw. So you can't be good in the open gym and being like, I'm an improved player and then come out and shoot two for nine in a preseason game where there's going to be more spacing for you. There were some open shots for Lonzo in that game. So he's going to need to be better. A lot of it is confidence with Lonzo and I feel like he's very confident and he's getting more confident as he sees the court. Oh, I could go on and on. We (laughs) could have spent the entire podcast about Lonzo, but I'm not as down on Lonzo but I'm still holding out before you want to extend them. Ultimately ultimately, this is Zion and Ingram's team. I think everyone has to recognize it. That that's what it takes for success. Everyone recognizing what role they play. For Lonzo, it feels like he hasn't exactly figured it out yet. And that's going and that you'll you'll need to see that before the year is up.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you completely. I think um in an era of positionless basketball, it's hard to put someone in in one basketball. Uh in one basket, sorry. But uh Definitely, I think he's he's a point guard. I mean, he's a point guard, but you can have three guards on the ground at, well, on the court at, at, at a time now. Anyway, uh, completely agree. He's got to show something before you you extending him, Lewis. I, I, we're going to leave it at that. I think we'll leave we'll leave it on the 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 hanger of, of Lonzo and let the people uh, let the people salivate themselves. They can uh, they can go at one another on Twitter. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Where can we find you?
0: So at Louis Prejean, L O U I S P R E J E A N, it's not L E W I S. Sorry for all the people that, you know, want, I, I like when I do my pizza order or my coffee order or whatever, whatever order I do at a restaurant these days, it's L E W I S. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, L O U I S P R E J E A N, Louis Prejean podcast, of course, it's on Audio Mac. It's not on like, spotify or apple podcast i gotta figure that out eventually but it's on audio mac and then i'm on uh every morning one oh three seven seven the game saturday unprompted one oh three seven the game in lafayette louisiana you can you know if you find one seven the game you can find me but uh yeah th-
2: thanks lyle it was a lot of fun we we did it we did we did it um no i really appreciate you spending your time with us and go guys go and check out what he's doing over there, 103.7 the game. If your radio's not on there, well, you're just doing it wrong. Go and listen. Lewis, thank you so much for uh, for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can get you on another time. So, guys, how good was that? Thanks again for Lewis for joining us. Uh, had some great fun chatting with him. Uh, all things pills. Make sure you head over and follow him on Twitter, and also on Unprompted if you're in New Orleans. You can listen to that on your Saturdays, 9 to 11 as well as his podcast, the Lewis Prasian Podcast. He loves his Pels, so make sure you go and have a listen to him. Now, we're all geared up for Friday, uh, New Orleans time, or Saturday for me, uh, for the game against Milwaukee, so we'll have a chat again after that. I'm going to leave you with that. I'm Lyle Swithinbank at Lyle Swithinbank on Twitter, at Hoopball. Pels is the show. Pelican Scoop, coming right at you. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.
1: This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.